We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into a special weekend edition of the NBA Front Office Show. I mentioned it over on the community section on the NBA Front Office YouTube channel that I would do some type of a weekend post just to kind of update everybody, hit a few of the key topics around the league that we missed on Friday. For anybody who doesn't know, we didn't do our typical fun Friday, Front Office Friday live show which is a lot of fun. Uh, we didn't do that because Thursday night, Keith actually had to go into the emergency room and was in the hospital overnight, was not feeling great on Friday. I did speak to him today, which is now Sunday, um, and, and he is feeling much better. I was texting back and forth with him uh, a little bit. He is feeling better, was dealing with extreme pain in his side. I'll let him go into all the details and everything, but um, did not end up being something super serious. They they ruled out all of the most concerning potential causes so that was certainly good but glad to hear keith is feeling better he's feeling well enough to give me a little bit of crap on on x already for not saying his team's name in my daily what we're watching for post that you can find over on x at trevor underscore lane of course from a lakers perspective so keith the fact that the lakers need a little bit of help from the celtics he was you know giving me a little grief there so he's feeling well enough to do that at this point, but, um, you know, certainly some, some concerning moments there. And, uh, I was, I was definitely worried and happy to hear that, that Keith is now feeling better, but, um, did want to update everybody on that. And then of course, bounce around the league and talk about some of the, the top stories around the NBA. We'll get back into it with a true full front office show later this week. We'll get that going. Um, so don't worry, but, I didn't want to leave everybody hanging with no show on Friday and just not discuss any of the big topics that occurred around the league because there was kind of a lot going on around the NBA. So that being said, uh, I guess last thing before I really get into it, thank you to everybody for all, all the kind words, all the all the uh, well wishes sent to Keith that were uh, that were put over on the community section of the NBA front office YouTube channel, which, by the way, if you're not subscribing to yet, you definitely should. Um, appreciate all those kind words that were that were put up over there. All right, let's get into it. Um, not planning on doing a particularly long show here on a, on a Sunday, but uh, we've got a bunch of topics to get into. And I guess here we have this LeBron James, the first player ever to hit 40,000 points scored. And, you know, it, it's a little bit funny to me from because I look at things through purple and gold lenses. I'm going to look at things through a Lakers perspective. From a Lakers perspective, the sense really was, okay, LeBron's going to set this record, just get it done. Get it over with. Like, yes, there's going to be some fanfare behind it and everything, but 
their focus needed to be on the Denver Nuggets game, which did not go according to plan. Well, it went according to Denver's plan. Denver continues to just, man, they're amazing. They just execute so well down the stretch of games. That makes it really tough to beat them. But um, LeBron James does hit 40,000 points scored. They did get it taken care of early. He only needed nine points in order to do it. It's a tremendous accomplishment, but every point he scores is a new record now, right? He overtook Kareem Abdul-Jabbar last year, became the NBA's all-time leading scorer, so every point he scores is now setting a new record, right? It's just extending that record. So 40,000, the significance of it, of course, is it's it's a nice round number, but really every point that he scores is, is a brand new record, and it's... Um, it's incredible what he's doing and what he's continuing to do. And this is why when we talk about LeBron's contract and what, you know, what will teams be willing to give him this summer, whether it's the Lakers or another team and free agency as a player option this summer, he could just pick up his player option for next year. But when we talk about that, you look at what LeBron's doing. Is he now a top five? You have him on your team and you're locked for a deep run into the playoffs and you're going to be really tough to beat. Not really. Not anymore. That and that's what he was, right? At his at his peak, that's what he was and his peak, by the way. I mean, this is pretty unprecedented for a guy to perform at the level LeBron's been out for the length of time, 21st NBA season now, but that's not really what he is anymore, right? He's no longer that you can just put him on your roster and you're automatically one of the best teams in the NBA. But he's still really 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 good. He can't turn it up every single night. You particularly notice it on the defensive end of the floor. But 39 years old, but he's still productive. Like most, most players, when they get to this age, you just say, well, you're not giving him a big contract anymore because because he's going to fall off. Things are going to drop off here, right? He's producing at a level that you just don't see guys that are his age produce at. So the fact that he's still putting up insane numbers, the fact that he's still so good and so effective we can look at him and say, well, he's not what he was. That's true, but he's 39 years old. I mean, the the level that he's producing at is better than anybody that we've seen at his age in this sport. It's unreal. It's unreal. And the big takeaway from this, while it should be, yay, LeBron hit 40,000 points. Don't get me wrong. That's that's amazing. The, the big takeaway, it's enjoy this. Don't let this just slip by. Don't let this just breeze on past. And then 10 years from now, you're thinking, man, LeBron was so good. I wish I had, wish I had paid more attention when he was playing, right? Enjoy this while it lasts. Because it's not going to last forever. It's not going to last forever. And he is, regardless of where you stand in the greatest of all time debate, he is one of the all-time greats. There's no denying that, regardless of whether you love or hate LeBron James, he is one of the all-time greats. So again, take notice of it while it's happening. Enjoy it while he's doing this. Marvel at what he's accomplished. 40,000 points. Absolutely insane. You know what's funny is that he talked about this after the game, said that, that and I'm paraphrasing, but said that these records that we see as unbreakable, guys wind up breaking them, right? Because players just keep getting better and better and better. But I mean, we looked at Kareem's record as one that was never going to fall for a long time. This one, it's hard to imagine anybody breaking LeBron's scoring record. Someday, maybe somebody will. But he's been one of, if not the best players in the NBA for 21 years. It's unreal. Unbelievable. The stuff he's pulling off.
All right. We're going to get uh, into the next topic here, which is uh, moving on from Lakers. I do have a few other Lakers things to get into, but the Knicks are going to sign Shake Milton, who was waived by the Detroit Pistons, so they'll pick him up. Uh, adds to a little bit of depth. You know, the Knicks were a team that were rumored to be in the conversation for DeJounte Murray to potentially go add him. They were looking at the guard position, maybe adding another piece to their rotation there. So they get Milton, the guy who can help them out, but he'll be, you know, in a reserve role. The the more important thing here, of course, is OG Ananobi has been cleared to ramp up his basketball activity. So that does not mean he's back, but he'll be back soon. For the Knicks, and they certainly need him back right now. You know, Ananobi is obviously the big piece that they traded for um, when they when they traded away Emmanuel quickly, when they traded away R.J. Barrett. They were able to get O.G. Ananobi, and the Knicks have been playing really good basketball. Um, they had that one stretch run where they were fantastic, but they need him back. They need Julius Randle back. They need Mitchell Robinson back. You look at the Eastern Conference right now, and the Knicks are they're fairly securely situated. Like they're not going to drop out of the playoff mix or anything like that. I'm going to post the, uh, the Eastern conference table here up on the, up on the screen, but you look at the Knicks right now, they're sitting in the four seed in the East. There's, there's separation here between them and Milwaukee. So four and a half games. Uh, Milwaukee is now one, five in a row, right? This is, and by the way, this is maybe something else we should talk about. This is the stretch, right? This is it for Milwaukee. This was the stretch that we said, I said this over a week ago, that Milwaukee needed to get right. They needed to get right during this stretch, and that's exactly what they've done. Look at this. Five wins in a row. They got a win over the Wolves. That's good, right? The 76ers, not that good uh, of a team right now um, they, without Joel Embiid. But then Hornets, Hornets, Bulls. I said the Bucks needed to use this week a weakened 76ers team, Hornets twice, and then the Bulls as a get-right portion, because then you look at their schedule from here, Clippers, Warriors, Lakers, Clippers, Kings, That that's tough, right? That's a tough five-game stretch, all on the road, uh, no back-to-backs, which lucky them, but still, all on the road, all on the West Coast, they needed to use this week to get right, quiet all the concerns about them, and credit to the Bucs, that's exactly what they did. Uh, they, they've gone you know, on this five-game winning streak, and they took advantage of these teams. Look at these. I mean, these are all blowout wins. Right, these are all blowout wins. Sixers, Hornets, twice, and Bulls. You blow up, blow out your opponent in all those games. So that's that's great to see for the Bucks that they're finally starting to get things back on track. You know, after Doc Rivers took over, there were a lot of concerns about, uh oh, is this really going to work? But now you look at the Eastern Conference table, and because the Bucks have been so good and the Knicks have lost two in a row, the chance for the Knicks to move up has pretty much gone away. Um, it's just, it's not going to happen. Four and a half games, given how many games are remaining, uh, you got 22 games remaining for the Knicks. That, that's too much of a gap to make up, especially when the Bucs are playing so well and the Knicks are struggling. Instead, what the Knicks need to do is focus just on staying ahead of Philadelphia. Uh, Miami is a game behind them as well. Same thing with Orlando. Uh, the potential is there because Orlando is only a game back for the Knicks to potentially drop out uh, of the playoff mix here. I don't think they will. But OG Ananobi coming back would definitely be a big, big help because you've at least got enough pressure there from Orlando, from Miami, from Philly that you are a little bit concerned. you got to keep your eye on the rear view a little bit. So if you're the Knicks, you want to try to finish the season strong and go in as a top four seed. So at least you have home court in the first round. That's what the Knicks are playing for right now. And that's where getting OG Ananobi back 
will be a big deal. Hopefully help them solidify. Again, it's not like they're going to drop out of the playoffs or out of the play-in. If they wound up as the seventh seed somehow, if, if Orlando, Miami, and Philly all leapfrog them, that's a lot of teams that have to, to jump over them. But if even if that happens, I would still pick the Knicks to be the team to quickly advance out of the play-in, and then they would be the seventh seed taking on the Cavs in round one right now, the way it's currently set up. But I do like the Knicks a lot but they got to get healthy and they need to get healthy with enough time for them to rebuild some of that chemistry. They're such a beastly team on the offensive glass. They're so difficult to deal with there. What you want to see them do from their perspective is really settle into that four seed and try to stick um, right there. So that way they've got that home court advantage in round one, but OG Ananobi coming back. I was dealing with elbow surgery. That's great news. The sooner they get him back in action, sooner they can get Julius Randle back, Mitchell Robinson back the better for New York. All right, uh, another player who's out right now, and this is for the Clippers, it's Russell Westbrook. Let's take a quick peek at the Western Conference table here. And the Clippers right now have now fallen out of the mix with the Denver Nuggets, Oklahoma City Thunder, and Minnesota Timberwolves. You look at what Denver has done. They've won their last six. The Clippers now find themselves kind of in no man's land. There's a three and a half game gap between the Clippers and the Pelicans. And there's a two-and-a-half game gap between the Clippers and Denver OKC, three-game gap between the Clippers and Minnesota. So now you've got a little bit of separation in the West, where for a while it was kind of a top four teams. Um, there's been a little bit of a variance in there, but right now it's Minnesota, OKC, Denver. Those are the three teams that are vying for the number one seed in the Western Conference. The Clippers seem pretty locked in to the four seed, and so that's where getting into this Russell Westbrook injury news uh, fracture with his left hand, like a, a broken left hand. He's a right-handed player. Now he is actually left-handed though. And that's something worth, worth noting. Uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, and, and LeBron James are both actually the opposite hand of the hand they play basketball with. So LeBron shoots a basketball right-handed, but he's left-handed. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. He is left-handed, um, but he plays basketball right-handed. Um, and, coincidentally, not to put myself in this rarefied air at all, but I'm the same way. I am right-handed. I play basketball left-handed. Um, some people are just like that. So Russell Westbrook fractures his left hand. It's actually his strong hand, but when it comes to basketball, it's not. So he's a right-handed player. Um, could he play through this? I mean, this is something you got to get fixed, but I think the recovery for this hand fracture is going to be easier because he's a right-handed player and because the Clippers are locked into their their spot pretty much. I don't think we're going to see a lot of movement here. I think they're pretty much set as the four seed in the Western Conference. And so you don't have to rush him back. And he can still get all the work in. He can still shoot uh, with his right hand. So the fracture to his left hand, it, it's not ideal, of course. And the Clippers, they want to have some chemistry, some momentum. But he can spend much of the month of March recovering, come back sometime in early April, and off they go try to rebuild some of that momentum from there in the final few games of the season, and then they can hit the playoffs. So, look, it's not good. It's not good news, but it would be far worse if the Clippers were in a perilous spot in the Western Conference. It would be far worse if that was the situation. It's not. I think they're pretty locked in, pretty safe in that four seed. I don't think they're going to fall out of it. I don't think they have a shot to move up either. So, the Clippers are really just biding time until the season ends. Unfortunately, the Clippers are not the only team dealing with a player with a broken hand. Scotty Barnes also fractures his left hand when it rains, it pours like a couple, like 
couple of seasons ago, the Lakers had multiple broken thumbs at the very start of the season. Dennis Schroeder was the guy who broke his thumb. Um, but Scotty Barnes, the Toronto Raptors, look, all this, and Scotty Barnes has been great. This is, there was some talk about could they catch Atlanta. You look at Atlanta, they're going to fall backwards into the into the play-in. Same thing with the Chicago Bulls. They're going to fall backwards into the play-in. These are not good teams. They're below 500. And because the Eastern Conference is relatively weak, um, they're, it's very top-heavy. There's a good you know, six teams. Orlando and, and Indiana are kind of knocking on the door. And then there's a lot of bad teams. Uh, Chicago and Atlanta are just the best of the bad teams in the Eastern Conference. And so they're going to wind up in the play-in. I would expect them to be eliminated quickly. Uh, Chicago, Atlanta, it, it'll be a pillow fight to see who becomes the next it becomes the winner that advances to play the loser of Orlando and Indiana. And I would predict that, that bit, the way things sit right now, anyway, I would predict that whoever loses out of Orlando and Indiana and then has to play the winner of Chicago and Atlanta for the eight seed, Indiana or Orlando will destroy either Chicago or Atlanta. That's that's the way I would see that playing out. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, look at the, the heat, their improbable run last year. So you never know for sure. But... Uh, Toronto at one point there was some talk about could they catch Atlanta could they leapfrog Brooklyn could they catch Atlanta for that 10 seed could they make their way into the play-in without Scotty Barnes that's done that's done the Raptors they've lost their last two games that's it their season is over in terms of the standings I don't think they even want to catch Brooklyn because it doesn't do anything to help their draft odds clearly their focus is on the future and so that's totally fine they're also not going to drop below the Hornets so it doesn't look like they're going to move from that spot. And then you look at the the league standings. You look at where they're at currently. Um, 25 and a half games back. They've got separation between themselves and the Grizzlies. I think dropping another spot uh, compared to the rest of the league will be uh, will be pretty tough right now. If the draft went chalk, they would have uh, the seventh pick currently. Um, the seventh worst record in the NBA. And I also don't think, you know, two-game separation between them and Brooklyn. Brooklyn's won their last two. The Raptors just lost Scotty Barnes. I think the Raptors are probably pretty locked in in terms of their overall draft odds. It's going to be what it is. They're going to be stuck in this spot right here. So unfortunate st stuff there. But again, the upside is this is not a team that was looking to necessarily win basketball games. Anyway, all right, let's pause for a moment to give a quick shout out to our sponsor bet us america's favorite sportsbook and casino live betting and racebook we're celebrating 30 years with a historic offer a 125 percent sign-up bonus on your first three deposits plus 10 percent gambler's insurance get started today bet us where the game begins bet us you guys can find the link in the description down below use that with the promo code join one two five and you get a 125 percent sign up bonus on your first three deposits up to twenty five hundred dollars that's an amazing offer from them again plus that 10 percent gamblers insurance pretty great stuff from bet us and you can see the site there on your screen very easy to use you can find anything that you want any games that you want can be basketball it can be baseball baseball season's getting going but any game that you want you want to look at the knicks and the Cavs. that's a big matchup you want to take a look at that you can anything that you want to find you can find over on bet us great sponsor of the show so click the link in the description down below use that code join one to uh, join one two five get a 125 percent deposit bonus on your first three deposits 
up to $2,500. All right, let's get into a few of our final stories of the day. The Lakers, they signed Harry Giles III to a two-way contract in a subsequent move. They are waiving Dylan Windler in order to make this happen. So my Lakers right now, they're dealing with a lot of injury issues on their front line. Christian Wood has been dealing with swelling in his knee. Colin Castleton, who was on a two-way contract, he's got a fractured wrist. And so the Lakers really just have Anthony Davis and Jackson Hayes, who has a big, isn't very big. He can be a four or a five. He's not really a true five out there. And so the Lakers are lacking in size. We certainly saw that last night against the Denver Nuggets where that was a problem for them. So they're going to give Harry Giles the third a shot. Now, remember, there was a point where Harry Giles was projected to be one of the top players in his draft class, was selected in 2017, went 20th overall because he's had knee issues over the course of his career. In recent years, he's tried to make himself more attractive for NBA teams by increasing his shooting range. We'll see if that's something that matters for the Lakers or not. I do think he's going to be more of a break glass in case of emergency type player. I don't think he's necessarily going to get a lot of minutes, but for right now, he's another big on the roster that the Lakers can potentially turn to. But once again, he's on a two-way contract. Teams shuffle through those two-way contracts quite a bit. The Brooklyn Nets had him for a little bit last year. So I wouldn't look at him as a player that's suddenly going to step into a role for the Lakers or anything like that. But should they need another big body, should something happen, say, to Jackson Hayes or something like that, and they really need a big that they can put on the floor, they may be able to give Harry Giles a look. I can't say that if Colin Castleton was healthy, if certainly if Christian Wood was healthy, this probably doesn't happen, right? They're not signing Harry Giles. This is because they are so shorthanded at the big position that they need to find somebody to come in and potentially play a role. And so they go and they sign Harry Giles III, still fairly young, still in his mid-20s. So there's potential here for him to maybe earn his way back into the league, but it's going to be an uphill climb for him. Once again, I don't think there's necessarily minutes that are going to be earmarked for Harry Giles here with the Lakers. All right, last thing here. Uh, this was revealed by Adrian Wojnarowski. I know we've been talking a bit about the draft. Bronny James. Um, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, Rich Paul shared with him that Bronny, um, in terms of his draft stock, a couple of important things. And this is really important because of all the rumors that you know LeBron could wind up going wherever Bronny goes. So, number one, Rich Paul said he's more concerned with landing spot than draft stock, right? So he would rather have Bronny wind up with the team that he has faith in, that has opportunity, that has the right developmental system, um, and have a lower draft spot, right? Get drafted later, then go earlier and get drafted to a team that doesn't have that, which is becoming more and more common, right? We're seeing, we're hearing this more and more from agents right now. That it's it's not so much about where you get drafted. It's about, or, or what number you get drafted. It's about what team you wind up with. You need to be in a good situation. And so that is going to be the primary concern here. And so, of course, as we get closer to the draft, lately there's been some mock drafts that have not had Bronny even on their mock drafts at all, saying he will go undrafted. That's going to be something to keep a real close eye on. Would he be willing to enter the draft if the only thing he's guaranteed of is a second-round selection? Would that be enough? Or would he return to school uh, at USC? That's going to be something to watch. Again, all of the rumors that LeBron wants to play with Bronny, which LeBron himself has said it, he wants to play with them. Um, could that ultimately lead to LeBron, who has a player option, joining whatever team drafts Bronny? Now, I've talked about this a bit, that we could be in for a fascinating scenario where 
if LeBron were to say, yes, I don't care what the contract is. I'm a billionaire with a capital B. I'm going to go play with whichever team drafts my son. That would, I mean, his Bronny's draft stock would soar. However, that doesn't seem to be the way LeBron wants this to really play out. And, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. He doesn't want that to be the way it goes. He wants Bronny, according to Rich Paul, LeBron wants Bronny to be his own man. So while, yes, LeBron would like to play with Bronny, uh, drafting Bronny doesn't automatically mean the team gets LeBron James. So that automatically being dispelled makes me wonder, if Bronny's draft stock is not where Rich Paul, where Clutch Sports, where LeBron, where they want it to be, does he wind up back in school? And then what does that mean for LeBron with his own free agency? It's going to be something worth watching for sure as we get into NBA draft season. But once again, everybody, front office fans, we sure do appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for bearing with me. I know it's not the same show when it's just me and it's not me and Keith, we are the dynamic duo. Uh, it feels weird, honestly, to do this show without him for this one. But I did want to get you guys a little weekend update in. And uh, hopefully we'll be back in action uh, nice and early this week uh, doing the, the front office show that, uh, that we love doing for all of you. So once again, thank you, everybody. Make sure you do subscribe to the front office show on YouTube. Till next time, see you and stay safe.